A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today I am attempting the impossible. I am interviewing the king of interviews, a true arbiter of queer taste, the handsome and talented Cameron Sheets. Oh, you got me shaking my head at that intro. That's not true. Come on. I mean, if if you just read your Twitter bio, it, it's like, <laughs> you, you know, you just have to rephrase it enough to pass your college class. And that's all I did. That's <laughs> um, very, very sweet of you. Though I, I'm, I'm honored and I'm blushing, even though no one can see. Podcasting not a visual medium, but I am blushing. So that's very sweet. Thank you for having me. Well, yes, of course. How's your day going? Um, it's good. I, I don't know. In a very classic LA way, I like had two errands to get done, and I felt like I spent most of my day driving across town. Mm, I like that. I like that. The New York equivalent is I had two things to do today, and. Now I'm finally home at 8 p.m. I left at 7. Yeah. Yeah. I should say, right, it's not It's not necessarily <laughs> It's not necessarily unique to L.A., but I guess the traffic being the thing that, you know, everyone knows that we talk about. Traffic is unique for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> so um, I have not had the normal, like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm calculating, I'm like, wow, my screen time is probably really going to go down this week because i <laughs> i was driving most of one day or as normally i'm never not looking at my phone so yeah it got worse for me especially pandemic times i was like i guess the only way i talk to people is through this phone and i had mm-hmm. to i had to turn off this this screen notifying me i was like i don't need to feel worse i don't need to be judged in my own house oh, turning it off that's like one of those things that i'm like i i know that, that is available to me mm-hmm. and yet I haven't taken the step to do that <laughs> and so it just assaults me every week so, like Sunday morning usually when I'm just like you know kind of groggy or whatever and then it's like you've been on your phone for about 11 hours a day and I'm like no, no <laughs> but it's I, true I was having such a delightful Sunday morning there were birds yeah. chirping <laughs> and he had to come in and haunt me it's very Disney movie yes all mm-hmm. birds chirping of course and 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 the raccoons make my coffee and bring it to me in bed and and then um the the chipmunks do up my hair it's yeah that's normally my morning yeah 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 it's you know i've always wondered what it's like to live in la and so now with that description i'm sold <laughs> i'm in get on out here yeah. the water's fine uh well as i gave you so many accolades at the top you are a writer an interviewer a cultural icon on the twitter and i just want to know like when did this start happening? Were you a small child with a notepad running around pretending to be a detective? 
Oh God. No. Yes. No, I wasn't that, but I think, um, I was definitely the small child that was like, you know, at a, whether it was a family birthday party or a gathering or whatever, I was not talking to people my age. I was talking to the adults. I was learning from the adults. Um, you know, I don't know if I ever really connected those dots before, but I do think that that is probably what led me to what what I what I do now. Absolutely, but I kind of came about it in a a rather unconventional way. I mean, not the craziest thing. It's not like I was, um, I can't think of, a, you know, a deep sea diver. And then one day I just ended up interviewing people. Um, it's pretty normal. You're like, actually, I was on Deadliest Catch for a few years. And then I decided to make a switch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was deadly. So I had to get out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I'm, I, have been and am and probably forever will be one of those people that is like I think I'm a pretty malleable person um I'm pretty easygoing I think I can get along well with most people so for a long time my whole identity like going through school was like I was involved in as much as possible um like my big thing in high school was that I was like in student council every year so we were planning those events that sort of thing so I was kind of just involved in a lot. I was a, uh, definitely just kind of like doing things for lack of a better way to put it. Oh wait, what's that? What's that Kate Hudson quote? Doesn't, isn't there that like great magazine quote from Kate Hudson where she's like, I love doing things. I, and it's like in this big <laughs> font. This big That's font. me. <laughs> <laughs> so I really relate to Kate Hudson. I think that I was just someone that was like always keeping myself busy, but it was never necessarily like, me sitting down and thinking like, well, what do I really like to do? What are, is my skill set? How can I use that? Um, I wasn't thinking that far ahead, certainly not in eighth grade or whatever, but right. <laughs> so, you know, when, when high school rolls around the end of high school rolls around and you are like suddenly having to decide, you know, if you're interested in college, having to decide what college is right for you, but then also having to basically decide what your career path is going to be for your um, life, your whole life. Yeah, horrifying. I was just kind of like watching Mad Men at the time. And I was like, oh, advertising. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, you know, I could have been watching a different show altogether. Like what else was on? I mean, Deadliest Catch, you know, yeah. if I was watching that. Would have changed your whole world. I laugh, but like I totally found college because of YouTube. So like maybe, maybe Mad Men was it for you. Wait, can say more about that. <laughs> I grew up doing theater. I loved doing theater and I didn't really know that it was like an option to study in school until like the YouTube heyday of like early 2000 to 2010. The Umish uh, kids just really set it up for mm -hmm. me. And I grew up in Oregon and there wasn't like a big BFA program there and I couldn't go see all of these schools that were mostly Midwest and East Coast. So I just looked them up on youtube and then if i liked what i saw i like looked into the program more which might be the last like smart concise thing i did in my life up till now but it you know it worked out at one point you were on the right path yeah at, no, I'm joking. <laughs> at one point i was very focused and i knew what was up um that's yeah i mean that's funny it, i don't know it is kind of similar to my my thing where i was just like Wow, Mad Men, like, look at that. Oh, my God, there's so much I should not have taken from that. And I did. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we'll say that. Um, I didn't steal anyone's identity. Good, uh, good, good. Yeah, just to get that out there. But mm -hmm. um, 
it just kind of seemed like the right thing for me because, um, well, like my, my dad is a graphic design. He's an artist and illustrator does, does graphic design. So for a, a lot of my childhood, he was working at this firm where he was the one kind of producing the art for agencies, that sort of thing. So I was kind of familiar with that world. And then Mad Men really locked things in for me. Um, because I always saw like the creative side of it. And um, I think that it felt like there was like a creativity there without having me, with, without me needing to like plant my fat flag and be like, I'm a creative, I'm a creator. I'm, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I was like, oh, advertising's adjacent to that. So I, at the time it felt safe um, and comforting to go down that route. Um, so, so that's kind of why I did that. But anyway, that is all to say, studied advertising in college after I graduated, knew I didn't necessarily want to work at an agency, but was like, okay, well, I like the entertainment world. I like comedy. How can I apply this skill set and work in that world? Again, without having to be the actual like center of attention. Um, and so I started interning at Second City in Chicago, the the comedy theater. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that internship ended, I found a job working at The Onion, which is also where the AV Club is operated out of. And that's the pop culture website that I worked for for the last couple of years. Um, and kind of the rest is history. That is truly the place that like made me into who I am. I, I definitely grew up a lot there. So. That's so fun, though. Just threw a lot of words out. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I was following you. I have your whole <laughs> life from childhood to now. Um, on your, you know, on your journey through watching Mad Men, were you always like, like the kid, you were the kid talking to the grownups, but were you also like, so let me tell you about what happened on Desperate Housewives this week? Like, were you that <laughs> child? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I was, I think that before I knew that that was a thing, I was 100% the kid that was trying to keep up with all the shows was consuming as much about them as I could online or or before that of course like entertainment weekly you know the great like gateway drug for so many millennial gays I think <laughs> yeah um absolutely entertainment weekly thank you it's so sad that it's like going out of print but you know it'll live on yeah it, it'll, it'll on, find its way time. Um, but honestly, the big, you know, Desperate Housewives, I watched a little bit with my mom, but the big one for me was absolutely, it was Lost. Um, okay. Lost unlocked a lot of things because it was just the kind of show that like, it ends and then you're like, oh my God, I have to wait another week and you just keep kicking around in your brain. And also then when it wasn't like you could just rewatch the episode 20 times on Hulu in that week, you truly were just like kind of left to the message boards and like the comment section of things and Entertainment Weekly, again, was really, really, really big for that show and kind of like building the culture around that show. And I got so into that. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about the the way that like they had to build fan base and interest that would go throughout the week without you being able to watch it every day of the mm -hmm. week. That's wild. I, it like literally had never popped in my head. <laughs> oh, I know. And it, it, it's just funny because I think that now there there are shows I will use um, Yellow Jackets as an example because I think that is a great show that did just kind of organically build a conversation around it over time because it did have these great, well, it's just a great show. But yeah, I think that there did have to be some really intentional, like how can we keep the buzz going for the show week after week because this is a weekly show on Showtime. But I think when Lost was out, I mean, yes, there were your traditional advertising models, but it wasn't, I don't know that there was this big strategic overarching plan with how they were going to keep conversation going. It was just like, well, 
every show is week to week. So, you know, That's true people too. are just going to accept it. I think about that as I am in a constant cycle of watching Gilmore Girls. Um, oh, my God. But I can't imagine being at home being like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to find out what happens next week, like with it, because I've only ever <laughs> watched it on box set DVDs. So it's like just comfort TV. Um, mm. So it's it's fun when something like Yellow Jackets comes along through the like streaming world and is like, no, I'm going to make you wait. And you're going to enjoy it because yeah. this is a fun way to like tell stories too. It definitely feels like a strong argument for the week to week model, but it just, it doesn't work for every show. It just has to be the right combination of things. But yeah. at Yellow Jackets was absolutely that because there are these not unlike lost, these little mysteries. And I think it does a much better job of kind of, at least for now, keeping things in check and not just totally spiraling out of control. Like lost basically did after season one but um i i watched it the whole way through i'm not shit talking that show i think it's perfect but yellow jackets is like is kind of that perfect recipe it's also fun just in the past couple of years that we've been in to have something to talk about at the time that it's out like we all mm -hmm. just know that the show's on at this time i think that's why people find such solace in like drag race just because they know that like you probably have a talking point with the next gay person you meet on the street by friday you know um it's true yeah it's true that's that's like a given and when and when they don't watch it you're just like oh oh uh so did you you're like what do we say now i'm like oh no uh the weather like what are the normal topics <laughs> traffic as i opened with traffic. You know, the classics <laughs> classic la you're sitting on the 405 Sure. Yeah. Those are numbers. Those yeah, are numbers. that's one okay. of them. You did, you did get it. <laughs> Success. <laughs> nice. Look at you. You're a local already. I, by the way, I should also say, like, I do not feel, you know, I live in LA. I've lived here for, it will be four years, but I don't feel, I still feel new. I don't feel necessarily at home here. I do really like it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It just is like this, I do not belong in LA. And I, I think I like constantly remind myself of that. I'm just like, I'm so Midwest. And again, it's not been anything negative, but it just doesn't feel like home in the same way that Ohio did run from or specifically Chicago, where I spent like very formative years of my life. Yeah, Chicago's really nice and has like a nice balance of city and homey. Yeah, I think definitely. And it was just like, I went to college in Ohio. And then once I finished, I got to Chicago as soon as I could, because it was just like, it felt like the biggest city that wasn't that far away mm -hmm. um it felt really like you know it was a mega bus away and boy do i have a lot of memories on the mega bus <laughs> um are you familiar with mega bus absolutely yeah yeah oh that oh, dollar yeah, that's true because you have midwest in your past as well yes i went to school um in illinois i went to millican indicator and then oh. um and then moved to new york and then have taken mega bus to boston many a time Oh, okay. I, I think I like told myself that Megabus was like, I knew, I know it originated in like in the UK, but I think I thought in, in the States it was maybe only in the Midwest, but that's not true. I, you proved me wrong. Well, you know what, for, for me, that moment for me was um, Cinnabon. I thought it was oh literally God. only in my suburb of Portland until I was studying abroad in London and saw it in Heathrow Airport. I was like, oh, it must be everywhere. <laughs> whoa wait that's kind of a mind-blowing experience i'm trying to think if i had one similar 
but that is funny how you kind of just think of things as your world starts to expand you're just like oh you know uh olive garden <laughs> yeah the local italian spot but nope nope it was a very not, fancy place for me to go to <laughs> i'm not mad at it I'll no go. anybody wants um, to go to olive garden i'll go not entirely the same thing but uh, my last name is sheets and i think a lot of people specifically from pennsylvania know of sheets as like the end all be all of gas stations Mm -hmm. and convenience stores um are you familiar with sheets uh i'm familiar with wawa which i think is the same concept totally yeah very very similar because it's like you go in and they have like an actually surprisingly nice like lunch counter where they'll make you a sandwich and stuff um but one opened a sheets open in my hometown uh, god how old was i maybe when i was in middle school and notably my name is s-c-h-e-e-t-z and that's s-h-e-e-t-z um but you know people weren't really paying attention and they're like are any relation and i i would love to tell people that yeah it was my grandfather's gas station chain it's just not true well somebody still believes you yeah somebody, somebody out there. there i wish i had gas station money my god <laughs> right now of course damn yeah yeah, especially right especially now. right now, Cameron. What was the music you listened to growing up? Ooh, what was the music? Um, I think uh, I was definitely one of those kids that really my music diet for a while was what my parents listened to, and a lot of what they listened to was what they listened to when they were my age. Um, I remember specifically um, falling in love with ABBA via my mom. um abba gold was on constant repeat um and then uh, from my dad's side of things uh queen okay which you know it's kind of funny when you think of those two together Uh, it's like extremely gay but i i I don't know it it took me a while for all of that to click but um the queen like platinum hits cd and then the abba gold singles like those were my two those were the ones. Yeah, that's me. that's nurture over nature, buddy. I don't know if you were born. Yeah, gay. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I was born straight, and then yeah. <laughs> um, so those were big, and then another thing that was uh, big in rotation for me was the. I guess wow, it's all these compilations, which is kind of interesting. But this one is, um, all of the James Bond theme songs. Uh, as like a ten year old, I was like. really into james bond and specifically into that cd and all of those songs i i don't know if you're a bond a bond gay but that's a big one for me too i played the n64 game a Mm -hmm. lot i named my hamster after a character and that's about as far as i got what was your hamster's Odd, odd job Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that you were like, so you didn't even really have the context for who Oddjob was. You just knew that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I love, I love that. Well, I think you know if I were to give you like twenty different answers to like the, oh god, I'm already jumping ahead. You to can your, jump however you question. want. Yeah, you can, you can pepper it in there. <laughs> you're, you're the one who does this professionally. I'm just sitting in my bedroom. <laughs> well, the the James Bond thing. It is really, really big for me. And I, I kind of think of James Bond as like my gateway into like classic film. Um, but the reason I started watching those movies is because I saw Austin Powers and Austin Powers has all these like references to the James Bond movies, other films, that sort of thing. And I was like laughing and not fully understanding, certainly not understanding a lot of the more like adult humor, but also not really even understanding the reference points um i was just like this is this is where i'm supposed to laugh yes yeah. i love this <laughs> um 
and yeah, so Austin Powers really got me into James Bond. And so then I was like uh, a James Bond nerd at like 11 years old. But I think that there is something to that, like the Austin Powers thing, because Austin Powers is genre parody, you know, mm-hmm. it's like. Um, and honestly, very queer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, absolutely. But I noticed that there was something that was being referenced that I didn't understand. So I wanted to dig deeper. And I think that unlocked uh, that kind of led down this path of like, I was, I was always someone that was going to want to dig a little bit deeper into like what it was that I was enjoying. And then also like on on a pure, um, on, well, no, I don't know if that's the right term, but like parody, Mm -hmm. um, the onion is satire, the onion is parody, that sort of thing. So there's a little bit of that connection there too, because I was always a big onion fan. And so that's what kind of like led me to apply to a job with them. It's all connected. It's all connected. Everything's connected. I love that your um, albums are compilations because isn't it like Lady Bird when she's like drunk? They're like, all your CDs are the greatest hits. And she's like, yeah, because they're the greatest. That's true. (laughs) That's so true. I feel that. Wait, when was that set again? I should know this. 2000, like 2002, because there's a 9-11 reference. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I guess I technically am a little bit older than the character Lady Bird, but um, I do. That I definitely felt a lot of that, especially with Sacramento essentially being the Midwest of yeah of California, as they say. Really felt that. <laughs> I got two ABBA through Eighteens, their mm, um, mm-hmm. their cover album, and my sister. Um, I don't think I listened to it on my own because that's not what boys listen to but i remember my sister listened to it a lot and me being very intrigued by it being like these songs are perfect and then yes being like oh this is actually a cover album and that blew my mind yeah that's another one of those things like the cinnabon thing where you just like understand things a certain way and then you're like but wait but wait (laughs) there's more to this (laughs) um yeah 18s they had at least one song that wasn't an ABBA song though right isn't upside down like yeah. an original of theirs yeah upside down yeah <laughs> i love that era of music it's so goofy with like the 90s Shallow. the like 90s return to saturn or whatever we're experiencing right now <laughs> what are you yes. most excited to come back oh my god oh my god wait oh i should have a better answer for this um like right off the top of my head um i for some reason something that's coming to mind and it wasn't even although i guess it did kind of define 90s culture for a little bit there it's just that they're like going to do a beetlejuice sequel of some kind yeah i think like i probably didn't see that movie for a few years because when did that come out 88 89 i should know this but (laughs) um but then there was an animated series that i watched as a kid too and i was real into that I was really into the animated series Gargoyles. Oh my god, yeah. And I would like them to come back for sure, but like darker. I don't know. I felt like they were already pretty dark for like Nickelodeon or whatever it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would it that, that's one of those things that I feel like I say to people and they're either like, "Oh my god, yeah," or like have no concept that it ever existed or was ever on television. Yeah, that's that's Definitely one of those things, but I do remember that. So you're not alone. I definitely had action figures of at least a few of them. I know I can't remember the names, but I had the big purple guy with the mullet. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just they're like mid conversation, they were just turned to stone, and I'm like, 
fierce way to that's how i, I end all yes. conversations now <laughs> <laughs> oh I, there's got to be something else that i'm like specifically excited about from from that era but yeah fully a 90s kid through and through i think like was um very much on like the pokemon train when that came rolling through mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i have not i'm not like i'm not I've, I've not really stuck with video games in any in any real way so i i know that there's a lot of pokemon in the culture that we're talking about and i'm so behind but that like original 151 one mm-hmm. of them 151 um, there were 150 and then there was mew oh the god end. that little yeah. cutie yeah i was i was all about that and i would like play the game but then we would also be like i just have memories of like driving the car on some road trip and like looking out the window and like picturing you know little rabbitats running around out there oh i wanted to live it i first learned about ebay because of pokemon cards like i oh, would yeah. be that kid who i'm i had parental supervision but i would buy my pokemon cards on ebay and then i remember when pokemon like died down for me i'm guessing it didn't for a lot of people because it's still going on but um i remember being like is ebay gonna be okay like i don't know what else <laughs> you buy there it's very is eBay for them. okay i don't know ebay if you're okay to? let us know drop please a, reach out <laughs> drop a line in the comments ebay <laughs> they're listening they have to be listening. they have to be they're a big fan of the pod huge yeah huge <laughs> well you already kind of mentioned that James Bond was a big touchstone point for you, but I do have to ask you the question of the podcast, which is, why are you like this? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is the question. It's a great one, too. Like, I definitely think in terms of um, opening up my pop culture entertainment taste like James Bond is is the one James Bond is so well and awesome powers <laughs> those kind of <laughs> go hand in hand for me but that is really responsible for a lot of that because like I mentioned uh, like going back and watching those movies I mean I was like 12 13 watching a movie from 1964 and I know that 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 happens you know um but I think that it just was like that was when I really started to become aware that there was so much more going on than what is like right in front of me on the television screen at all times, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, that sort of thing. Um, so, so that is a big one. Um, that kind of got me into, again, just movies in general. And so in high school, I worked at um, another local chain we'll talk about called Family Video, which is like, Ooh, heard of them. Do you know that? I, I mean, yeah. I went to school in Illinois. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Of course. So, I really should know what the extent of their reach was, but it was definitely like a Michigan, Ohio, Illinois kind of Midwest uh, DVD rental chain, fully like cheaper version of Blockbuster. And yet it somehow lasted until January, 2021. Like they really stuck around. Good for you, family <laughs> video. Proud of you. Yeah. And um, so I worked there just, you know, where you truly I was watching literally everything that would come out because the movies would come out at the time. Um, the DVDs would become publicly available, I believe on Tuesdays. And usually by the weekend prior, we would have all of the titles that would be coming out. Cause we'd have to get them like stickered and in the system and ready to go. But we were encouraged to take these new movies home and watch them and become familiar with them. And like, truly I made it homework every week. I was watching everything. So I think most films that came out in, specifically 2007 and 2008 i saw everything you knew and then everything. i did a lot of like yeah filling in the blank spots sort of stuff so there are so many movies that i can't even remember off the top of my head that like you know might as well not exist but i was truly watching everything that we had so you were like very ready for oscar season that year oh my god yeah that that was that was really really huge for me in terms of in terms of Oscars too, because I always liked that show, but I, I really remember those years being the ones where I was like, I'm so invested. I've seen every single thing. Like, let's go. It's just so much nicer to watch an award show when you like have an opinion about stuff and not just are like a fan of a person who's up. Like I might, I, if I didn't see them in the movie, I can't like go fight for them with the same vigor <laughs> as if I had seen sure. what they were up for. Um, so it's nice to be like invested in yeah in it. and i take that i take that very seriously <laughs> i um you know for being someone that like writes and talks about pop culture online like i i'm realizing this is one of those years where i like had, i never really went and posted my like these are my favorites of the year because i felt like there was a lot of like really important things that i still had not quite made time for and i was like this doesn't count i can't put my list out there because i haven't seen everything yet and that's not fair to these movies or myself or <laughs> or anyone that's gross <laughs> that's just the yeah it's uh, yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's always big been big for me oh i wanted to say about family video um part of my theory of why it was able to stick around longer than blockbuster is because most of them had 
a porn section in the back, an adult uh, section. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I gotta imagine that helped until like the internet really fully um, demolished that industry. But it was a, it was just kind of strange to have that be part of my <laughs> my job. Like even in high school, like you know, go back and stock that room every once in a while. And there weren't always people back there, but every once in a while you go and there'd be like a couple kind of back there, like giggly. all giggly about it. I get giggly in a sex store still to this day. It's the lighting for me. Yeah. Like if it feels like it's lit like Walmart, I get so giggly. Like I just, <laughs> as if I've never had sex in my entire life. It is the lighting. You're right. It's the lighting. Yeah, they should make it moodier. Right. I'm buying a butt plug. I don't need, <laughs> Come on. you know, I don't need yeah, fluorescence. Yeah, uh, that was very much the case, at least in the the porn, the adult room of, of the family video I worked at. And the thing that I will never forget is that we, for whatever reason, it was like there was a corner that you go around this wall. There were the restrooms and then there were saloon doors separating the adult room from the rest, like plastic, cheap looking saloon doors. But I always was like, if you were a kid and you saw those, wouldn't you like be compelled to push through? I don't, it wasn't really doing its job, I feel like. It probably was just more inviting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to. It's like when you see like a doorway that had like the like beads hanging down, like you have to like go through that, maybe take a photo with them. Yeah. It's, yeah. The Britney Spears, you have to do the Britney Spears like CD cover, the enhanced CD of it all. 100%. I like that when you were bringing up family video, my first thought was like, how crazy that we all just like, shared the same dvd with each other and we're like yeah just don't scratch it it'll work out (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it didn't though it did not like really didn't my friends gave me the hardest time because and maybe this is why family video is cheaper was that like stuff would skip all the time and there's like a buffer machine that they would use at the store and we would give that a shot, you know, whenever we would u- be using that all the time. But it sh- shit got torn up and uh, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked <laughs> when people would bring it back and be like, well, I couldn't watch the movie. God damn it. And you're like a 16 year old. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I you can't. ruined family movie night. This was the last night that my wife and I had to try to keep it together. And you ruined it. Yeah, like they, they separated after that, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, I got that once a week. One, at least. <laughs> at least. I will say, that kind of reminds me of, um, I, I remember when I started working there thinking people would be in a better mood when they were there than they were, if that makes sense. Like, I think because you're renting a movie and you're doing something for fun, it should be like a fun activity. But there is a lot of stress in like finding the right thing to pick. As I know, I'm reminded anytime I scroll through the countless things on Netflix, it's like stressful. Yeah. But it's also just, it is just a thing that you have to do to actually get the thing you want, which is watching the movie at home in the comfort of your home. So it's not really a fun thing being at the video store for most people. And we would get a lot of angry, anxious, upset people. Picking a movie for a family of four is a lot. It is. I can barely do it myself for one. Yeah, true. I mean, true. Like, yeah, I, I, it's it's tough enough as is, but right to have to find something for the family or like find something that the parents want to watch. And then the kids, you know, if you're if you're a family that had like maybe two separate DVD players, the kids could get something from like the dollar kid shelf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or were those free? I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, it, it got stressful uh, more often than you would think. 
So your time and the family video gave you your first bout of just pop culture research. Yes. I'm always impressed by people who have like a deep knowledge of film history because it's like, it just takes an extra step of devotion to what you're watching. Like I've watched a lot of movies in my life Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell you who was in the Oscar race from 1974, blah, 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 blah. It's just never been my journey. And so when it is, I'm like fascinated by like people using basically like collecting baseball cards, but for character actresses. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, like, I don't, I don't have the best recall with that sort of thing. I definitely, I know a few people that, right, could tell you who was nominated every year in what category. And I, I think that is such a talent. Like, um, I'm certainly like, it's something that I've consumed and it's probably somewhere in my brain, but I'm not as good as being able to like, I'm actually not that great at trivia, um, unless it's something where it's like, here's the face of an actor. I'm pretty good with faces and names and that sort of thing. But yeah, if you were to ask me who was nominated in 1976 for Best Actress, like, uh, unfortunately, I I don't know. But I guarantee I have watched the performance and I fucking loved it. <laughs> but off the top of my head, it's not there. It's not there. There's not total recall there. No, 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 no. And I'm embarrassed to admit that. So you got me to be very vulnerable today. Oh my God. Thank you for opening up so much while you yeah. are just sitting there vulnerable and crying because I um, Sobbing, yeah. made you come out on the pod as not having a trivia brain. What's your favorite thing about being gay? Oh God. What a question. Okay. I'm still sobbing. Mm-hmm. First of all, yeah. let me get, um, it back get some tissues. My favorite thing about being gay is is i mean god there really is just this kind of common ground and camaraderie um within like the larger queer family uh that is so special and it is is life-changing it's so it's so amazing and you know i think i grew up in a place where i didn't come out until um god 22 so um taylor said taylor swift said i was feeling 22 and you said me too i'm gay yeah um i grew up in a place where it just like it very um middle class suburbs in northeastern ohio um everything it was a super nice childhood but there was just like i think a lot that didn't get talked about i'm not i don't mean just with my family like i've really wonderful parents but i think just in general like i don't really remember ever being like aware of politics um up until like end of you know, I guess until when I was close enough to be able to vote myself, but there's just so much that um, didn't get talked about. And so I think that like, I kind of maybe deep down knew that I was gay, but kind of uh, was in denial about it. And um, it wasn't really until I moved to Chicago and started working at Jenny's Ice Creams, the ice cream shop, that I was really fully surrounded by other queer people. And that was just kind of a total, I don't know if accident's the right way to put it, but it wasn't like Jenny's, the ice cream shop was specifically hiring queer people, but it just so happened that like everyone there was queer. Yeah, And I, I think that it was like the first time, you know, it wasn't like I was then announcing to the people I worked with, like, hello, I'm gay, I'm gay too. But it was like, a customer would come in and it would be kind of a cute flirty interaction, like a male customer. And I'd be like, Oh my God, he was cute. And I had never allowed myself to say that before. Um, 
so I think like there's just that power of of um oh god this is like a messy <laughs> messy thing but uh just that community there yeah. it, it does so much for you you like finally um feeling like you have people that you can be just fully yourself around is is everything when you're surrounded by people who make your otherness that you felt your entire life feel normalized it um yeah it's just life-changing because then the thing that you've been worrying about you don't have to worry about anymore and you get to like actually say that boy is cute and decide if post that you're you want to know each other more like you get to think about all the like bigger picture things as opposed to oh my god that boy is cute I hope nobody notices that I notice that he's cute kind of vibes yeah yeah exactly and I should also say like a lot of my like fear of coming out or being seen as gay was this obviously like just um well I mean of course there is that like sort of internalized homophobia to it which is it sucks but that is real but it it was just this like lack of confidence in myself and like feeling like I could be who I was and that was all internal like I I have like really fantastic parents who are great allies and a lot of my friends who I grew up with like even if we weren't at the time like a lot of them are gay now at this point too like I didn't really realize how surrounded by like that love and support I was but again I feel like there was just a lot that was like not talked about but again it is so much just me pushing it away and like actively like I have such vivid memories of um god I want to say like in middle school is really where you start getting into sex ed maybe Mm -hmm. and maybe it was even slightly before that but my mom I don't know if it was gifted to her to give to me or something but we had this book and it was truly like all about human anatomy and it was done in a way for like a younger audience and it was like these illustrations of like um of of human bodies and that sort of thing and I was like I would not look at it I refused I was just so unwilling to even acknowledge that <laughs> like sex and and all of that was like something that could be in my life I, I would I just was always pushing it away for the longest time so oh now we're really unlocking something Ooh, there we go I literally ran away um, when my par- when my parents tried to give me the sex talk and yelled, I think I yelled, I already know everything, which was like not factually true. I just didn't <laughs> want it just had like so much buildup in my mind that it was like, oh, you're going to get. The-. And I'm the oldest. So it was like I didn't have another mm. sibling to be like, hey, I'm kind of nervous for mom and dad to give me the talk. And they're like, it's really not that big of a deal. But yeah, I physically ran away from also a book that I remember had like a small kid like a kid like your age like 12 whenever this is being shown to you like at a pool with a boner and being like yeah this will happen to you and that's just in my brain for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah I definitely remember something vaguely similar I was horrified of it it's funny I'm the also I'm also the oldest I have one younger brother so yeah I don't I don't know what it was but I just did not want it I did not want to have anything to do with it yeah and that kind of stuck with me. I definitely internalized that in some ways, um, which is a, a bummer. But like, I definitely had a happy childhood. Yeah. It, it just was like, there was something I wasn't tapping into. But you know, I was because I was listening to ABBA every damn day. So You were culturally gay. You just weren't ready for yeah, practice. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Living in my truth, in a sense, like when we were in the car with the, the compilation disc. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Only get the hits. 
no need for the b-sides yeah. no 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 <laughs> oh gosh well i could talk to you for hours but as we were winding down i asked this of all of my podcast guests do you have any questions for me oh um yes i have thought about this so and maybe this ties into being afraid of no 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 this I, i'm not gonna put any extra weight into this but i um musical theater is a huge blind spot for me okay. um i think i saw the lion king um when i was in fifth grade and then i saw wicked at some point in time i've seen a lot of shows um more recently as just like a someone that likes to engage in the arts but i think that um it's a huge huge blind spot for me and i know th- i know of you as someone that does know this world well and so i'm like okay pretend i'm just fully a beginner and don't know anything about musicals like where do i start what do i do well as a person who grew up listening to abba you should see mamma mia oh well okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay that's a great way to that's a great entry point for sure i have seen the movies of course because that is peak cinema absolutely it should have been nominated for these oscars let me tell you yes um if i had anything to do with it um (laughs) So my journey with musical theater is, uh, I guess, a little different than a lot of people. I do things a little differently here. Um, (laughs) A lot of people grew up with it, like, in their house. So their version Mm -hmm. of, like, musical theater is very, like, Fiddler on the Roof or, like, Hello, Dolly. Very classic Broadway, big costumes, big sets kind of world. And I didn't key in to musical theater until the also peak cinema uh, rent film. Mm-hmm. And at that point in musical theater, like everything became more like pop music vibes. So for yes. me, if I was like, if I want you to know the musicals that like make me me, I would be like, you should check out Definitely Rent if you don't know it, um, Legally Blonde, American Idiot, and um, Fun Home. And then you would get. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's. I see that. There's. I mean, there's a lot that I don't know there, and as you kind of, um, as we kind of alluded to with my knowledge of Mamma Mia as films, like I have seen a lot of the like big movie musical adaptations at this point. But yeah, there's, there's certain things. I mean, I've seen Legally Bond, of course. I'm not at all familiar with the musical beyond like the certain clips that will go viral. Um. Oh God, what's the song? Take a break. Take a break, Courtney, um, take a break. It's a great, if yes. you run, jog, walk, I know you guys do a lot of hikes in LA. <laughs> yeah. um, great fitness uh, experience and you get a good story, you know? Oh, interesting. So do you, I haven't really thought about that, but like listening through like a musical um, cast recording album, I like during a hike or a jog or a workout or something like that, because you've got the forward momentum of the story to kind of like keep you going. Yeah. I like to do that with, I mean, I guess it really depends. Like if I'm making a jukebox musical, like the Jagged Little Pill album isn't going to like give you the story of the musical. Whereas like, if you Mm -hmm. listen to the fun home album, you'll, get the story or if you listen to like the into the woods album you'll get the story but for a lot of ones that are taking from already written pop music i find you don't like get that which is kind of sad especially because i i grew up on the west coast and didn't have access to broadway so 
a lot of the musicals that I love and that I like, you know, started to cherish, I got the CD from the library and then I downloaded hmm. it and I listened to it first um, without ever seeing it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do you, I mean, what was like the first, do you remember one of the first ones you like came across that you fell in love with? Um, <laughs> this is, I don't think it's dark. Um, but I think one of the ones <laughs> that I like, fell in love with the cast recording is the original cast recording of last five years oh okay and i don't know if i would have found that on my own i do know that it was introduced to me by the boy that i had a crush on but i was also straight at the time so mm-hmm. it was a layered moment um <laughs> for sure but i do remember that being like the first like musical that i would listen to over and over and over again um and i'm passingly familiar with that although i never saw the film but that is the one anna kendrick, anna kendrick yes got it yes yes why didn't i end up seeing that one i don't remember i mean it's about a divorce and it came out on valentine's day so unless you were feeling really salty i don't know <laughs> why did they do that that's so sad why did they do that oh i was thinking for the longest time that they were going to um release that uh and I don't really know anything about it, but Deepwater, that Ben Affleck on Adarmus film that's coming out on Hulu. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking that was going to end up coming out around on Valentine's Day. And I feel like that is probably also like very, very anti-Valentine's Day. So <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking about like how often that happens, like how intentionally people will put out this like sort of anti-Valentine's Day thing in the middle of February. I guess there has to be a crowd for it. Yeah, you know, of course. The one movie I made sure to see on Valentine's Day was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw the very first one at on a matinee in Times Square. I did not see that one in theaters, and I wish I actually kind of I kind of liked it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I read all the books, um, because I was doing a summer stock gig, and we were all like, "Oh my god, these books are horny," and yeah, and like pass them around. But they get fucking wild. Did you make it to the end of the Fifty Shades? There's like gunshots no, and Rita Ora shows up. Yeah, so. there's like a <laughs> ransom and like people might die. It's a lot. So you saw it with a, a crowded theater. Yeah, that sounds fun. That That's sounds a good like time. probably the way to do it. A lot of giggles. A lot of giggles. A lot of people who. <laughs> It was the first one, so I'm guessing you read the book and it's release day, so I know you know what's going on, so I know you're horny, so why are we giggling? Because you're horny. Sometimes you giggle when you're horny. <laughs> yeah, that's the poll quote for the whole episode. Sometimes you giggle when you're horny. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> oh god, is this do you is that how you usually operate in terms of titles? Now I'm like so so conscious <laughs> about what, what it could possibly be. Um like hand-drawn pool boner or something hand-drawn pool boner is now on the table for sure (laughs) okay contender yeah Yeah. big contender um scared in the sex or um you know just oh that's that's good yeah that's a great one oh god okay i'm trying to think what else i can throw out there that is like oh that could be a good title like michael <laughs> down to the wire what's a great uh, topic to throw out uh, did i ever tell you about the time that no, I, I can't, nothing's coming to mind um shit oh I, I will say so is this like one can i self-promote absolutely yeah tell that go for it this is the time where you tell the children where they can find you um okay 
they can find me online, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, at Cameron Sheets. Um, I am looking for work. So let's throw that out there right now. I spent the last eight years of my life at Onion Inc. And I grew into um, the person I am today because of it. But um, yeah, I, I'm doing freelance right now. So I think anything I do, do, you can find on social media. But I'm, I'm also like plugging myself, you know, don't. Yeah, don't, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm hireable. Oh, and also I'm still doing, depending on when this comes out, I'm doing the um, newsletter recaps for Drag Race for for the show, which has been like, such a blast i'm i'm so happy i get to do that because you know it's basically like me writing it out um i'm basically doing that anyway after every episode so i'm loving reading them i love that you get to interview a queen at the end i love that they have to talk about their favorite candy bar for a a gag that i think is so freaking crazy um i love it (laughs) yeah when (laughs) i will say like i had to come up with these like kind of this like questionnaire style thing at the beginning, uh, I and I didn't at the time really know how the twist would operate. I certainly had no idea there was going to be dramatic blaring sirens and then a sad trombone sound <laughs> <that> happened. <laughs> like, you know, early on asking them about it, I felt like, what a dumb little silly question. Like, ha, this is fun candy. But now it's just like, I'm going to re-traumatize you by making you relive that moment. Remember when you were eliminated wah, by a wah. candy bar? <laughs> yeah. Remember when you had to say, it's chocolate? on national tv it's amazing i love it it's the most camp thing the show does it's amazing it's wild i also like that you have to continue asking about board games when up until now i ain't seen no board games no it's it really and was just like a kind of season promo thing but i do like that broadly as a question just to kind of get to know somebody because they do attempt to talk about their childhoods a little bit but you know then you really find out who are the gamers and who are the it's a fun it ended up being a more fun question than i thought it would be i'll say so even though they're like board games what did that have to do with oh yeah the promo we filmed yeah they're like what does that have to do with drag oh yeah 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 um yeah (laughs) right so yeah check that out if 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 you're listening to this and you are not uh it would mean the world to me that has been such a such a blast to do it i'm grateful to have that in my like post av club world to get to still kind of talk to those queens and consume the show in that way it's a lot lot of fun well cameron i am sure we will be seeing so much of you thank you so so much for spending the time chit-chatting and giggling with me if anybody Uh, can hire him hire him yeah he's a (laughs) bail he's cute he can write oh you're good to go and i'm the king of interviews you know what i i questioned you when you said that at the beginning but i need to be more confident in my abilities there you go. That's me. King of interviews. <laughs> That's the title of that. Okay, until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.